Welcome back. <laughs> yeah? Is that, that how we're our doing intro? That's, That's gonna our be intro. our intro. We're, this is how we're live. beginning. We're going. We're, we're back with the unironic Masterpiece Fanfic Theater, bringing you fan fiction that we think is good. At the very least, sure it doesn't good. suck. Yay. <laughs> At any rate, we're back after being off in parts unknown for however long, and we have a new story. Nick, introduce the story. Uh, today's story uh, is a longtime favorite of myself and Stevens. Uh, today we will be reading and reviewing The Best of Times, a Ranma and Sailor Moon crossover by an author known as Ozalos or Ozalos. Um, I always thought it was Ozalos. As with the last two episodes, I'm Nick. We have Steven and special guest Jesse. Hi, I'm Jesse. That's Jesse. So, Steven, would you we like to call him a special bl- guest, but we just try to keep him here all the time. Well, yeah, whatever. Um, actually, before we get started, um, we've had a minor update uh, since the last two episodes. The authors of both stories have since reached out to us and acknowledged our existence, which is nice, you know. Um, so we would like to thank both Dark Angelus, author of... Um, oh, door's open. Dark Angelus, author of President for a Day. Uh, and one of us got it right, apparently, last time, but we don't know who. Isavril, um, author... Isvaril? If we, if we just say all of them again, we'll get it right at least once. Yes. Yeah. Um, author of War Games for... Uh, responding and letting us know what they thought of our reviews and not completely hating us, so that's great. Um, in fact, Dark Angelus has since updated the links on, um, at least on the fanfiction posting, to her coffee. Uh, so there will be a link below in the description, and I will try to remember to put a card up right about now on screen for mobile listeners to, if you would like to, go support the author. Um, that's coffee.com slash darkangelus. Buy your coffee. Absolutely. Uh, Steven, would you like to give us a brief overview of our grading criteria and maybe the story itself? Sure thing. I'll go over the grading criteria very quickly. And then actually, I think it might be beneficial to just very quickly touch on the source material That's not for this fan fiction. Especially a crossover. Yeah, especially since Jesse here is not familiar in the slightest <laughs> with either of the two source materials. <laughs> Involved is that so right? What we're I doing do a lot here, of <laughs> <laughs> What we're basically doing here, we've got a rubric that's been written out by yours truly, and we're just going to be using this rubric to grade fan fiction. And the criteria we're looking at are the premise of the story, its consistency with the sources it's pulling from, the plot and the characters, the writing quality and the cleanliness, and we'll go a lot more into detail on that when we get to our final scores. But uh, going into the story itself, today's story, The Best of Times, by Ozalos, Ozalos, Azael, Azayas, I don't know. But uh, well, I'm, I'm just going <laughs> to say Oz because... <laughs> I'm just going to say Oz because that way at least I can be intentionally incorrect. Acceptable. But um, this is a crossover between Ranma Half, or Ranma One Half in other circles, and Sailor Moon. Um... Yay. So Ranma Half is a bit more obscure for some of our listeners, maybe. But basically, it's the original, like, love dodecahedron romantic comedy story. Uh, many of anime. you know as the harem genre. Yes, but it's, I, it's like, aware of itself oh, for yeah. the most part. Absolutely. Which makes it freaking hysterical. It's pretty good. And... 
the whole premise of Ranma is Ranma Satome is a martial artist. Ranma Satome is also engaged to everyone, and it's almost exclusively his father's fault. Yes, but because of this, his life is complicated, and he gets to deal with all manner of chaos. Sailor Moon is a bit more well known, probably. Yeah, um, most likely. Sailor Moon, they uh, they fight evil by moonlight, win love by daylight, and everyone from a real fight. I think There's only one named it. Sailor Moon, but you know. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, they're 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 a bunch of space princesses that got reincarnated from the distant space past to fight evil in the present and also maybe the future it gets complicated i'm sure we'll get more into this as the review goes on you know for the sake of all of us i hope we don't um there is one thing that you met you neglected to mention and that's the one half part of ranma one half uh that particular part of the title comes from the character's tendency to change gender when exposed to varying degrees of water, uh, by degrees I mean temperature. See, because I forgot the word so temperature. So structured today. No, we absolutely none. Beyond structured. So Nick is right. Actually, the biggest part of Ron Mahaf is uh, so many characters have curses that are water based. Mm-hmm. So cold water turns them into something else, and hot water returns them back to their birth form. Jesse's just got a Ronma's big smile on his face. I just found out there was more than one cursed water person. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, Moose Shampoo. There's their, many of uh, them. Ranma's dad, Ryoga. They all See, have curses. Jesse, you may have been wondering why everybody was interjecting there right at the beginning. There's just a bunch of dialogue, and then the line "quack." That's why. Uh, yeah, that's Moose. <laughs> oh, okay, as a, as a duck. <laughs> So, here's about the time where we should recommend, if you haven't read the story, feel free. Links are in the description to uh, all the different places that this story is posted that we could find, which I can't remember how many there are off the top of my head, and I'll find that out as I post this. Just say a random number between Um, 0 and 20. And, uh, you know, pause, go read through. This story, it's 100,000 or so words, so it's longer than the previous two stories we've covered, and as a result... Uh, we have a completeness bonus that will be applied to the story at the end. Hooray. So, premise of the actual story. Jesse, tell us what the story is about. I'm interested to hear what you Yes, as am say. I. Okay, so Ranma found a magical sword, and while being frustrated because his life is apparent... Also, he's a martial artist, no one mentioned. Oh yeah, no, um, he's he's the world's greatest, apparently. Yeah. Which, that's, that's a bit of a liberty that a lot of authors take, but it's... Based upon the context of the story, he never loses. He's a savant. So, so uh, at one point, he, he has a magical wishing sword that apparently people wished for things that weren't possible, so nothing happened. And, and Ron was just like, without thinking about it, being frustrated about how harem-y his life is yep. and how nothing can ever go right. It's like, <laughs> I just don't know why I can't ever get a second of peace. And then he finds out the answer is because Sailor Pluto... Uh, master of time or something. Yep. Uh, who's apparently like three thousand years old. Decides yep. uh, if if I let Ronma just run free, a hundred percent of the world will die. But if I just piss him off by making girls like him, uh, then only like ninety nine point nine percent of the world will die. And we can save everyone <laughs> in Crystal Tokyo, but yeah. only a few of them. Now here's going to be one of those points where we get into canon versus fanon. Which, you know, it's fan fiction, right? That's going to happen. Sailor Moon, in particular, has a very large community of people who take what limited um, information there is on the Silver Millennium or the backstory of Sailor Moon and just completely flesh it out. So, 
Because yeah, I mean, one thing that is canon is Setsuna's playing the long game. Yes, Sailor Pluto is um because really the two things that are meshing from both materials are one Sailor Pluto's desire for quote unquote the good future. Yep. So uh, Sailor Pluto is the guardian of time. She sees all that once was and all that will be. But um, she is wanting to have the future where they get Crystal Tokyo, which is their utopia that comes after essentially the apocalypse and freezes yeah. over the earth. And then the Sailor Senshi come and make everything better. But apparently, Ranma's existence is so chaotic, volatile, and chaotic that it his existence itself, if not sufficiently distracted, completely skews the probability of Crystal Tokyo happening. So Pluto is actually the one who is responsible for Ranma's entire crappy life because it's all been concocted in an effort to keep him busy enough that he's not making Crystal Tokyo not happen. (laughs) Yeah, so if he's entirely focused on keeping himself from A, dying, B, going insane, or C, getting married, then he's not destroying the future. So our story begins, because this is actually a canon thing that happens in Ranma. Uh, The Wishing Sword uh, gets found by one of the characters, who is unimportant in this story, Kuno, and (laughs) a couple of wishes get made. Excuse you, Kuno is very important. Prince R. Um, In this (laughs) story, I would say Prob's not. He's really not. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but um Ranma gets the sword at the end I think there's what like three wishes on the sword yes. and Ranma gets the last one and in canon the wish just gets comedically wasted yep. and that's the punchline here everybody thinks the wish was comedically wasted but actually what the wish has done now that Ranma's asked why don't I get a second of peace the wish has interpreted that as okay I'm just gonna stuff the sets in his memories into your head so that uh, you now know you everything know that the, the guardian that of question. time knows. Well, not yet. It's very slow. Yeah, well. it's a few memories <laughs> at a time. It's you're you're going to be drip fed thousands of years of memories over the course of a few weeks. Most of them are it's apparently having sex. Wish. There's a lot of them that are just having sex, and that makes Ranma <laughs> very uncomfortable. <laughs> you know, understandably, if someone's lived for thousands of years, more more than likely. They've probably had a lot of sex. Yeah, well, you're they right. went into the math in it later on, in, like the last <laughs> chapter. Yep. <laughs> At any rate, though, that's basically the premise. Um, as for the events of this story, I'm I'm just gonna go ahead and give you guys my first impression, and I almost feel bad about this because I remember really liking this story way back when I first picked it up. I think I, I actually know for a fact. Because of other details that Nick is... I told Nick about this story and told him to read it. Yes. And told him how to read it. Yep. And I uh, I won't say I was disappointed, but the story didn't quite hold up as well as I remembered. There, and there I think is a bit of nostalgia goggle effect going on, yeah. Absolutely. I think part of it's... This is one of Oz's older stories. Yeah. Like, this is from freaking... 2006, 2005. This is no spring chicken. <laughs> so uh, there, there's a lot of moments like that that just sort of show through to me and go, oh, this is an older story. I don't know how you guys felt on so, that, particularly you, Nick, because you've read this before. I, I, 
And, you know, I will preface this with there's a lot of nostalgia affecting my review in this case, so it's definitely not an unbiased review. Um, but, and, and we'll get more in-depth with this particular point later, it does suffer from hobbyist beta syndrome, right? Where, where it would benefit from a professional editor going through and saying, all right, maybe if we change this pacing a little bit here, and if we restructured this paragraph here, but at the same time, again, that's something that we've given a little leeway to in the past. So... Yeah. And, you know, it's it's something to keep in mind. Um, and I think with that out of the way, should we move on to scoring, or is there anything else we wanted to discuss first? Oh, there's a lot to discuss. Jesse, I just want to know what your thoughts were as someone who is not familiar with Ron Mahath. Well, so... And is barely familiar with Sailor Moon. Oh, yeah, I'm not... For, or that weird Neko Neko thing. Oh, yeah, all cultural <laughs> cat girl Nuku Nuku. Oh, just yeah. Just sort of in there for absolutely no discernible reason no, no, except no. to add those two characters to the final confrontation. Exactly. <laughs> they added a girl with the helicopter to shoot things. It was like a VTOL. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh... No, like, it literally became to a point where, like, anyone with the word sailor in their name, I could differentiate them, and then it would start using their real names. And it was just like, I just kind of, my eyes would What, you don't over. know, you, you can't associate Haruka and Michiru with Uranus and Neptune in your head? I could barely get Ranma and Ronko to be two different things. because <laughs> they're not. Yeah, I know. They're the same person. <laughs> trying to figure out which one Prince R is. <laughs> That's a good point. I don't even know what a tuxedo mask is. What does he do? He snipes with roses? With roses, and he fences with a cane. What does that mean? He throws roses a very fast. A tuxedo mask is a boy who looks handsome and does nothing. <laughs> okay. And now I depart. You didn't do Is anything. everyone from Silver Age, Magic, Moon World, like, are the they Silver only Millennium? female? Um, so the, the Sailor Senshi are. Okay. Uh, because they were the princesses of the relative, their respective planets. Basically, anyone other than Sailor Moon, Pluto, and Ranma don't remember who they are. Good. That's excellent. Uh, let's... Here's something I will say. I think that, because Jesse brought up Nuka Nuka getting tossed <laughs> in there. Good. One of the things I will say, because I, I have a lot of things to say as we get into scoring. I'm sure you do. But I think one of Oz's biggest strengths is just having a feeling for... Just the chaos that is Ranma half. Yep, I agree with because that. Because this is very much a Ranma story that has Sailor Moon poking well, into it. Well, I mean, it's very much a Ranma story that takes a, a lot, like a lot of um, Ranma Sailor Moon crossovers, and yes, there are a lot of them, have this same sort of feel where it starts off with this wacky sort of chaotic Ranma story that takes a dark turn later on, much like a lot of Sailor Moon stories do. But Which in this case, is what it's makes also it kind of the point. Yeah, I know, and that, that's, that's what the makes premise. the mesh so well. And I think that's what, because I what I was saying was that Oz's strength is making those chaotic situations, because the appeal of Ranma is that it's a bunch of kind of selfish, oh, yeah. violent people all just sort of getting tossed together, and all of these different variables make for like a primordial soup of chaotic <laughs> yep. comedy yep and oz has a really good feel for that and i think uh really the biggest show of that is just adding nuku nuku into the story itself because that's such a natural fit 
Yeah. Um, Jesse, just for you, so we're covering this. Ranma has a crippling phobia of yeah. felines. So I figured that Ranma part out. So they mentioned it every time there was a cat. Quick little backstory: When he was a child, his father wrapped him in fish sausages and threw him into a small pit full of very hungry cats to train him in the way of the cat fist. It worked, but it also had the crippling side effect of turning him into a cat every time he's exposed to cats. Like, mentally into a cat. Okay. And that's where that comes from. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, he says, um, not really understanding. Adding the android girl who has a cat's brain is a weirdly natural thing to do. That's a strange sentence. For a Ranma half story. If you want something unnatural in this story... It, it, it's a perverted old man getting sent to Mount Rushmore meeting Kid Jiraiya from Naruto for about 10 seconds and then completely leaving like it never happened. No, he didn't go to Mount Rushmore. He went to Konoha. <laughs> oh! <laughs> ah. How did I It wasn't Mount Rushmore. It was mountains with the heads in them. Which is why he thought he was in America. Obviously, he's in America. And that's what he thought, but he it was Konoha. <laughs> in America, Dr. Bio. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there is a Naruto crossover for all of three paragraphs. <laughs> I googled the word Jiraiya to make sure it wasn't out of some other story. Nope. Even though it's a popular Japanese tale. <laughs> what, I, what I think I just want to come down to, before we go into grading, what my general thoughts on the story are is it's a very funny story. But it's a story primarily for people who like Ranma. Yeah. If you are a Ranma fan, you'll probably enjoy this story. More if so, you're a Ranma yeah. fan who doesn't know a whole lot about Sailor Moon, you'll probably enjoy this story. If you are a Sailor Moon fan who doesn't know about Ranma, eh, I do some research. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep the wiki open next to you like Jesse always does. Yep. Oh, no, no, no. I googled the fine. names and then clicked on images so I could get a picture of them in my head, and that was it. <laughs> Even better. Okay, so ignore the wiki. <laughs> I just needed to know what they look like. Yeah. That is. Um, my I'd like to point out, after reading this, Jesse went and watched one episode of Ranma. Po- quite possibly one of the worst episodes of <laughs> episode Ranma. Episode like 119. <laughs> and his first response was, wow, they all sound like adults. They're absolutely nothing like I imagine their voices in my it, head. It's like 80s anime when, like, Yu Yu Hakusho or early Goku, we're all teenagers, we're basically adults. We're now, now anime is just super anime. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Nibiki was not like... Back when the anime Nibiki. was more N- 80s Nibiki. and then anime. Nibiki. <laughs> Look. Uh, no, you, you had only read it. You hadn't heard it spoken. I Ranma. get it. Ra- Ranko. Solar Moon. (laughs) (laughs) We're getting off track. Plato! (laughs) Scores! I got out of the way what I wanted to say. Do we want to jump into just grading We should just jump right into it. Let's let's go ahead and move on to grading. Okay. Whoever says I first gets to do their first score. You already said it. You did. Darn it. Okay, so first thing we're looking at is premise. Um, this is just we're despite just right what on I it said today. earlier. Despite what I said earlier about um, about some things just not holding up as well as I previously thought they did, I actually gave the premise on this a ten out of ten, and 
I mean that like very genuinely, Nicholas, yeah. as a 10 out of 10. Not like me just being generous. But um, in one of I the author's notes, in one mind. of those latter chapters, um, Oz mentions that this was sort of done as like a challenge yeah. to do like a, um, a Fuku fic that was less traditional. And for the uninitiated, a fuku fic is a colloquial term in the Ranma slash Sailor Moon community, which is basically a fic where the goal is to get Ranma in the Sailor costume. That's that's exactly what it is. There is an entire and forum slash website, fukufix.net, I believe, based solely on this concept. It's a great website. I'm checking for that right now. <laughs> Highly recommend. But he mentions in his uh, in his author's note how he was just kind of uh, he was trying to come up with something original and this is what he eventually ended up with which honestly I think it's a great premise it's unorthodox in a good way and it carries humorous situations well because the premise is someone else is creating the humorous situations let's fight back with more humor let's fight the source of the chaos with more chaos Basically. I have an idea. I'm going to fight the Guardian of Time. How? I don't know. Uh, cockroaches? <laughs> yeah, that's that's one minute. <laughs> um, Jesse, what do you think? Okay, so... Oh, wait, Steven, you said you gave it a oh, 10? Yeah. I gave it a 10. All right. All the characters are exactly like how... No, um... <laughs> I have one question. There's literally a paragraph that I really wanted to ask about that's basically like, because all of Ronma's time is is being handled basically and bothered basically all he ever has to do is fight and so he's gotten really really good at that which almost seems counterintuitive because the next line is like he's a genius in almost like if he puts his mind to it he can be a genius in anything does that seem right for ron so okay i i wanted to we touch will on get this there too. when we get to source um, consistency can i can i actually touch on it real quick say it what that what that was saying is that he's an idiot savant like his his mental growth was stunted such that his true mental prowess only comes out when faced with a challenge in the form of a direct challenge like a fight or an opponent okay right so when he is in and, and this is shown a lot throughout ranma like martial arts tea ceremony anything that can be construed in any way shape or form as a fight is something he excels at Okay. So I, I get the way that that was written, and that's a very common sort of approach to writing Ranma. I really like that. Um, I think it's it's a bit of a stretch, because there's a lot of situations where Ranma just bashes his head against a wall until he wins. Um, mm -hmm. But he does eventually figure it out, and it's usually through some clever plan. So, yeah, I, I would say that for the most part, that is fairly consistent. Right. And I'll probably pitch in a bit more on that when we get to consistency. Absolutely. But first, Jesse, what did you think of the premise itself? I just wanted to touch on that one thing because I needed to know more about that character. Um, as far as the sure. premise, I actually really liked it. I, I, I guess 10, yeah. It's not much. <laughs> yeah. Just 10. It's fine. Uh, it's, yeah. <laughs> um... Ah, I don't I, know enough to be nitpicky about it. I, I, I do. <laughs> yeah. So, again, Nick, um, I love this story. I love it. Uh, it like, he learned the majority of his troubles are caused by this one being, right? And that's a great way to, to present, like, kind of reminiscent of, like, Takahashi herself, right? She's the author of Ranma's story. 
So if you put Pluto in that role, it creates, as Oz describes it, the best pissing match in the galaxy. Um, to be fair, to be fair, apparently she didn't do anything until he actually got to Nerima. Yep. And everything up to that was just his dad. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, <laughs> the, the only time that it, the premise sort of felt a little weird is as it connects to the Sailor Moon universe. Um, so it... it up until later in the story, it doesn't seem to really work as well because it focuses solely on Setsuna initially, which I like because it gives her yep. character a little more development, and we'll get to that later. But I, overall, I gave this premise a seven um, because it's a it's a good solid premise. I have a few small issues where it doesn't quite feel right, but overall, yeah, I really like it. See, I'd be willing to bet those three points you take off, I probably took off for the same reasons somewhere else. Most likely. You didn't take off there. Because no. the way I sort of look at that, the premise, I'm not even looking at the story at all. I'm just sort of looking at the inciting idea. Yeah. What is, uh, what are we going into? And I think that idea is an excellent idea. Yeah. I think just not even looking at the story itself, if I was just ignoring everything that happens, the idea of, okay, Setsuna is causing the chaos in Ranma's life, and Ranma has just figured it out. What's he going to do about it? I think that's a great idea. So that's that's a 10 out of 10 so, for premise in my book. You know, when you... I think you've made a strong argument for my interpretation of this particular story's premise being a bit unfair as I have in fact judged it based upon the rest of the story so when you put it that way I think I would have to revise my score and give it at least a 9 if not a 10 so I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and give that a 9 for premise Flip I, a coin. I think if it's heads it's 10 if it's tails it's 9 <laughs> I think Steven you've you've made a good argument for me increasing my score in this category hooray I, I, I knew that public relations degree was good for something <laughs> Is, yeah. Anyway, I have, oh. I have an art degree. I can't talk. <laughs> I work on cars. Um, next yeah, up is so source consistency. Two tens and a nine because I'm Nick. Uh, next, source consistency. Yes, Stephen, would you like to lead? So for source consistency, we're just looking specifically how the fic holds up to the sources themselves. What works, or rather, what holds up compared to the source material. This is one that I was a bit conflicted on, because uh, I, I think Oz prefers to work with characters who are able to move things forward in the story. Yeah. And to be able to decide to do what they want to do effectively, which I get. It makes it easier to move things forward, to get the plot moving. But, oh my word, I just cannot stand how gosh darn competent all of the characters end up being. Yeah, okay, I can see that. <laughs> like, do you get where I'm coming from, though. I do, from, no, yeah. I do. Because, um, um, because it, it's it's weird on both ends. Because, like, on the Ranma end, for me, it's the way that decisions are made. Ranma is really decisive in this fic, which is something that Ranma has never been. <laughs> okay. Um, that's basically the whole premise of Ranma's story. He has so many girls to choose from and cannot pick one of them. And then on the Sailor Moon end, it's just kind of like... But to me, the core appeal of Sailor Moon is that they're 
yeah, they're space princesses who are like protecting the world and fighting evil, but yeah, whatever. But they're also like kids in high school and they act like it. Yeah. And they, they make stupid, this, rash, impulsive decisions based on the moment rather than the long term. This story kind of, it feels like it forgets that at some point. There's like one point where like Usagi like wields some authority, Sailor Moon does, in like a very un-Sailor Moon way. And I think part of that is because, and this is another thing from the author's note, Oz basically comes straight up and says in that author's note, yeah, at this time, I had no clue about anything from Sailor Moon. So basically everything that I know is like from conversations that I had with other yep. people while I was writing this story, yep. which explains it to me. It doesn't justify it, but it explains it to me. So, And because of things like that, I had to give it a 6 out of 10 just for lack of consistency in those characters. I thought source consistency was a 15 point uh category nope it's uh premises for 10 points oh you're right source consistency is for 15 points well <laughs> find me in the out i mean six out of ten would be a 12 out of 15 so. kicked off the show well i'm going Wait, no. to immediately be a nine nine out of score. 15 sorry <laughs> we're, we're bumping that up to correct nine out of 15 um my um uh, my problems with it were mostly with the characters and the way they conducted themselves. As for the other sources, like Nuka Nuku, I don't really know enough about that to complain about it. Um, but I thought they were fine for what I knew. But that's just sort of where I come down on it. I might actually lower that a bit retroactively and come down to a final score while you two decide or, or discuss yours, I should say. So when you said that you probably removed points in other places that I removed in premise, I think I pulled points out of plot and characters that you may have pulled out of source consistency. Um, I, I looked at source consistency as more of an overall world um, and those characters acting within that world. So with a crossover, I'm more inclined to give it a little more leeway with regards to source consistency because mm -hmm. you're having these characters act slightly, at least in this case, where the Sailor Moon and Ranma worlds are so sort of similar that they can mesh pretty well. Um, they're, they're acting reasonably within their own world, but with consideration for the other world that's being involved. So I don't know if that makes any sense or if that was just absolute word vomit. No, and I get what you're saying. I think for me, the issue is I know it can be done better because I've seen it done better. Okay, and yeah, I'll and give you that. I, I don't want to compromise just because I know this is from 2005. But um, for me, the way I look at it, source consistency is how consistent are we with square one. Yeah. Because I think you can have characters grow in your fan fiction. You, ha you can have a character grow away from their established arc and characters. Yep. And that's what I would consider in the plot slash character section. But for source consistency, I would want the characters, at least at the beginning, to be recognizable. And for the most part, they are. But there are a lot of things that just make me go, eh, that's, that's a little OOC. That's a little out of character for <gasps> that character out of character and those are the things that um, um <laughs> that pull me out of it that's sort of what my complaint is so with with my particular grading i like i said i mean overall this really just felt to me 
a lot like the extended Ranma movies or the extended OVAs. Um, it very much felt like these characters did exist within character in these scenarios. It, it felt not real. It felt right for the most part. Yeah, there were a few yeah. points where someone would say or do something. And like you said, Ranma's decisiveness was a little odd. But I thought it was pretty damn consistent for the most part, at least on the Ranma end. Um, the Sailor Moon stuff, yeah, I can see how that could be a little, eh. Um, but even, even, like, when Usagi does whip out that authority and say, no, we're doing this my way right now, it does kind of make sense, because there are a lot of points throughout Sailor Moon where she becomes a much, even if for a short time, a much more mature individual, and that's a big part of her character's growth from the beginning of the series to the end. Even if she does retain that sort of no clumsy, awkward sort of... No way There's no room to argue with you on that. Yeah, so I I gave it a 13 out of 15 for source consistency. I took off those two points for a couple of small incidents here and there, but overall I thought it was very consistent and very easy to keep myself in the headspace for these two stories. I, I think what it came down to for me was not how, not what she did, but the way she did it mm-hmm. didn't quite feel right. And I, I can see that. I think the the events of the story follow through, and we'll, we'll get to that with plot and characters. But to me, it's just sort of like the characters themselves, particularly... Because this story is mostly centered around Ranma and the Sailor Moon cast. Yes. The rest of the Ranma cast doesn't really have a whole lot to do. Uh, I guess Ukyo gets to be like a fancy ornament at some point. Yeah, and, but, uh... and Ryoga gets to come help out in the fight, and... You know, that even that, it's like he a lot of the characters from Ranma, when he needed their help, were there to help him, whether it was for their own selfish reasons or not, they were there. Like the yeah. the the saffron fight, and the I don't entire have a problem Phoenix with that either. Huh? I don't have a problem with that either. That that makes sense to me. Yeah. So even if even if it was a little pandery with the meet the Narama wrecking crew argument or that, that one moment right there. Um, that's like that's a hundred percent a fan name, fan right? Service. And I, I, I get can, it. That's fine. I enjoy it because it's fan service targeted at me. Um, I mean, I will say I did. I did try to control myself. Gotta be honest. Like I, I've said this to you before, Nick. Ukio may be best girl, but Ranma Nakane is OTP. Disagree. I, um, I, I try not to let my pairing opinions. <laughs> Uh, influence the way I view other people's pairings and their stories. What was it? Was it Black Dragon that said, yeah, there's a lot of Akane bashing in this story, that's because I don't like or deal with it? Basically. And <laughs> honestly, if someone's going to come out and say that, I'll be like, yeah, sure, I'll take that. At one point, Oz but, uh, even wrote I, that, like he didn't like Akane, but knew that he had to write her or something like that. Because he was trying to stay relatively consistent with no. the source, because that's that's how yeah. they're written. Um, Jesse... What's your opinion on the source consistency of the best of times, a Ranma slash Sailor Moon crossover fanfiction? Well, those three paragraphs when Jiraiya was in there with uh, Mount Rushmore seemed pretty consistent with him just being a pervert and not caring about people teleporting randomly like that time. But Jesse, don't you want to be the ninja president and have your face carved on Mount Rushmore? (laughs) Just like my dad and grandpa before me. Uh, <laughs> JFK Sensei, uh, is your face gonna be on the mountain next? 
Oh yeah, that's why Kakashi always wears the mask. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's anyway. Uh, <laughs> so he lost I mean, to I know a ninja you... whose special technique allowed him to curve bullets. Uh, it's a <laughs> he used the shadow clone jutsu to hide in the grassy knoll. Um, From my no knowledge, I'm just gonna give it full points. Full points. Yeah. Oh boy. Fifteen <laughs> points from Jesse, and that Jesse picked up no problems. Jesse found no inconsistency with with these parts. <laughs> Stephen, if only the battle never ends was a hell of a lot shorter. Because uh. then we'd have some stuff for Jesse to be real knowledgeable on. It's a Naruto Metal Gear crossover. Oh man, I, I thought you were gonna say One Piece, but that's even better. It's it's got lemons in it, and they're really really bad. You know what? Maybe a lemon maybe is a we sex should scene. pull that one out. Maybe we should pull it out. Okay. At some point, maybe, in the future. We'll keep it in mind. Oh, okay. No complete bonus for that one. It dumb. never ends. Okay. I've amended my source consistency bonus to what I believe is my final score. Okay. I've got that down for an 8 out of 15. Okay. Uh, I'll make a note of that when I'm editing. <laughs> All right, um, and I think that, that rounds out our source consistency discussion. On to plot and characters. Steven. So my, my score on this, I came down to 30 out of 40. Okay. I think, because um, the plot, um, I'll just sort of read the synopsis I put here. Plot goes, Sailor Pluto has been causing all the chaos in Ranma's life. Now Ranma's out for payback, and after a wish from the Wishing Sword, a la Cannon, uh, he begins basically sort of trying to get back at Pluto in whatever way he can. And he utilizes the fact that he is apparently invisible to Pluto's time gate shenanigans to start pranking her hardcore, and also puts together like a weird senshi disguise <laughs> to get closer to her and maybe sabotage her standing yep. with Usagi, Sailor Moon. But then there turns out to be like a bigger Yoma threat, and then it involves some heroic sacrifice, and then an ending happens. An ending does happen, and only one. <laughs> uh. But uh, that being said, I think the plot is pretty fun. It's primarily comedy with some drama, yep. and I think the comedy tends to work a lot better than the drama in this case. Like I said before, I think Oz has a real knack for understanding just sort of the chaotic circumstances I agree. of Ranma and how tossing everything together... Because that's kind of the Ranma philosophy of humor. You have a bunch of different variables and you just throw them together in different amounts and mixtures and you get different kinds of humor pretty consistently almost every time. And... Like, Nuku in particular is a great, amusing addition to that because she pushes Ranma's buttons in just the right way and she's also sort of got the clout to hold herself. What I think I sort of have the issue with comes with the drama parts, which sort of feel forced to me. Not incredibly forced, but... um those parts are a bit weaker than the humor itself. Yeah. Because the humor seems to be the point of the story to me, and that's where it really hits home. The, the then, drama um, feels like it exists to set up for the humor. Like, to set up situations where humor can happen. Yeah. I it, will it say is not in this itself is the, the driving force behind the story. The other thing that kind of made me want to sort of take some things out is... 
just sort of the the random Yoma threat that they have to deal with is sort of there to like be the larger third threat that pushes our mutual enemies together and set aside their differences. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily bad. No, I, I it's mean, it's sort of a basic storytelling trope-y. structure. It's, it, it's sort of one of those things where because the primary focus of this was the conflict between Ranma and sort of Pluto and the Senshi, I f- if it were me personally, I would have made the decision for that to be a larger focus of the climax itself. But what uh, what is there is perfectly workable and perfectly serviceable. As for um, the ending, and uh, let, let's go ahead and just get this out of the way right now. There are two endings to this. And yes, from what are. I understand, um, the first ending in the story itself is, uh, we'll, we'll call it... The true ending. Uh, ending... I was going to say ending A... And I was going to call the other one ending two. Ah, acceptable. Can <laughs> do that? But uh, ending A is uh, a bit... I really like ending A. I do too. Um, I like it a lot. This one is very tidy. Because uh, what happens at the end of this big climactic battle is like there's a big explosion and some heroic sacrifice and everybody thinks that Rama and Setsuna are dead. Yep. Well, it, and, and it's especially poignant because um, Ranma is, is holding off these Yoma while Setsuna is keeping this portal open so that all the gathered forces can escape this other dimension where this bomb is about to go off and kill everything. And at the very last second, Setsuna realizes, I could either leave and leave him behind or I can stay here and try and help him, and we might we will probably both die. And she makes that Nobody decision in that questions. moment to stay and try and help. Because I think that's really satisfying. It, I think Satsuna's arc is very satisfying. I think it's one of the best, uh, most sort of satisfying comes down parts to of them the story. Setting their differences aside, I think Ranma is a bit less so, if only because like his. His development for this seems to maybe occur a bit more off-screen. Yeah. But uh, what happens here is, like, everybody thinks that they're dead for a couple of months, and then they just show up again, and apparently they got shifted off to a couple of other timelines. If you've ever watched Sliders, it's just like that. (laughs) Who has watched Sliders but me? (laughs) Because apparently they've been gone for decades. 20 years. And in that time... It was like like 21 years, I think. They, they've buried the hatchet, they've gotten hitched, they've had a couple of kids, yep. and it's very tidy because it sort of resolves everything. It ties a bow on everything. It feels very consistent with, um, even with the technically not ending Ranma, because yeah, Ranma ends, but it ends unresolved technically. It does. yep. It Even ends unresolved because that, it was... It, I mean, I feel like an unresolved ending is the only way that can end because that's just the state yeah. of the story. And even with that, though, this ending still feels very consistent yep. to Ranma, in my opinion. Everybody's feelings gets hurt because, yeah, they all wanted Ranma, but Ranma's able to 
because there there is some growth that occurs off screen and Ranma comes to terms with himself slash herself he becomes a lot more mature yep and he he's he's got a, a wife and kids now and a and big part of that that Ranma ask ending is oh now there's three more three exactly. kids what could happen and that I mean, it's implied that, yeah, that's exactly what's going to happen. It's going to continue the story, but with Ranma's kids. And it just moves straight on there. And it, like you said, it feels natural. Mm -hmm. It is a fit for both Ranma and to an extent to Sailor Moon, too. Mm -hmm. That being said, characters, uh, again, even in Sailor Moon, people die and come back multiple times. Like that's, that's a consistent theme. Death, death happens, but it's rarely permanent. As is with anime. Yep. But uh, ending two, I am... Because I'll be basing my score off of ending A, as Nick has instructed me to. Ending two, I am decidedly less enamored with. (laughs) I, um... So some backstory on this. I read this story back in high school, like, geez, years ago. Like, like eight years ago? Yeah. Yeah. G. Willikers, Nick. But, um, G. Willikers. I say that a lot now, and I don't know why. G. I Willikers. That was the worst high five ever. <laughs> no, I was laughing. Stop. It's fine. It's fine. Move on. But uh, I had read this story. I read the first ending. I was so happy with it, and I read the second ending, and I was so mad at it. It like. I was so mad at it, even though it didn't have any impact on anything, it still affected me profoundly to this day, Which, and even older and wiser. To Oz's credit, <laughs> the fact that that second ending can do that, even after reading the first one and knowing, yeah, this is the actual ending, but I also wrote this ending, that means it's written really well. Well, because you know? So first, detailing what ending two even is... In this ending, Setsuna actually dies. Ranma yep. gets, like, tossed into the gates of time. And then, like, over the course of however long it takes, the rest of Setsuna's memories get pushed into Ranma's head. And Ranma becomes Setsuna, basically. Yep. Also, um, Sailor Moon's daughter from the future, because Setsuna is dead, her timeline is borked now. Yep. And she gets cut off from that timeline. Yep. And she gets all sad and depressed. Yep. And then Setsuranma shows up and explains everything, but doesn't explain anything. Anything. No, nothing. <laughs> and then, then Chibi Usa turns into her sexy girlfriend, and then Hotaru also turns into a sexy woman. Yep. Ukyo also goes with them, and then they go to an expensive hotel and have, like... A threesome, I guess. Uh, excuse me, that's four people. <laughs> well, I don't know if Ukio participated or not. I don't know. I mean, knowing the kind of story this is, probably. But uh, what what it gets hey, down no to Temple for thing. me, that's exactly what it is, though. <laughs> yeah. It's so. literally what I put down in my notes is it's just to Josh Temple for me. So, Jesse, <laughs> have I we explained think... what that means? Nope. Steven, would you like to? Josh Temple is a uh, 
I haven't followed talented. him in a long time. He's talented. He is one of the most prolific fanfic writers in the Ranma community, specifically in the Fukufic community. He, he, this, and the man has a very good grasp of quality writing. Nick and I don't care for his stories, but he wouldn't have the following he has if he didn't, you know, have the writing chops to back it up. That being said, his stories are one, primarily Fukufix, and two, are like primarily devoted to like ripping apart the character of Ranma gradually and replacing him with someone else. Yeah. And usually there's. Uh, I'm trying to be there's, like as. There's King kind stuff involved. It's, it's very fetishistic. Yep, incredibly so. <laughs> it's very kinky a lot of the time. Like, I was just telling um, someone else who I was telling about this just to help me write my review. I was saying there's one of his stories where Ranma turns into a Canadian succubus. I don't think I've read that. I don't think I want to. <laughs> I read I read a lot of it. Because <laughs> there are compelling elements to it. It's got, like... A, a military organization that fights supernatural forces. Hell yeah. But Russell Crowe isn't are there. Are we still discussing the plot and characters of the best of times right now? Because I don't think we are. I think we might have gone <laughs> the, off the... the point I of mean, this there is, a is I think we might have lost the plot, so to speak. <laughs> Josh Temple is someone who does things like this. He takes Ranma, turns him into a completely different character, him slash her, and then we get something like, well, now... Now we have also turned other characters into something completely different. And this is not and something that is new to Oz either. Kunoification. No, well, um, Kunoification works because the... Does it? And I want to say Kunoification really? was written after this. Because uh, the challenge of Kunoification was to try to write a Ranma Kuno story that actually, like made a functioning pairing that didn't do anything like underhanded. So anyway, Which, yeah, we're, we're getting off topic. again. Yeah. The, the thing I wanted to say is what I, what I don't like about the, what I, what I don't like about ending two is for one, it feels inconsistent with the rest of the story and I think this is something Oz may have realized because, um, again, looking back at the author's notes, and I don't know if you two sort of got this vibe too, but it sounds like ending two was actually written first. Yep. And that was the original intended ending. But then I feel like at some point... Somebody might have pointed out that it didn't quite work. Well, I think it may have just been him as he was writing the story figuring out, eh, that's not quite where this feels like it should go. Yeah. Because for one, ending A feels like it's foreshadowed a lot better in the story itself. Yeah. Because there's like a conversation Ranma has with Chibi Usa that sort of alludes to ending A. And I feel like it's also intended to be sort of the one that is canon. Yeah, because they, that's they, the they one that's formatted yeah. first. Well, it's not even that. It's she basically outright tells him that ending A is going to happen. Yeah. You know, Uncle Ranma. Like, oh, it's, yeah. it's it's not even, like, vaguely foreshadowed. It's directly foreshadowed. Yes, it's very, very heavy-handed. <laughs> but at the same time, that's why I think that 
I think ending two was the intention. And then ending A was what ended up feeling right. And I think he'd already sort of had ending two and decided he wanted to at least write it out. But that's why both endings are there. Maybe. I don't know. I, I can't really... It'd be interesting to get um, his perspective on it, but yeah, I, I don't know if I could really speak for that. Anyway, that's been a pretty detailed discussion. It of has. The so characters. you said you gave At it that a, point, a, a I can 30 just give out of my 40? score, which is 30 out of 40. Yes. Noted. Um, yeah, I, I mentioned earlier, it, it does follow a lot of similar sort of story progression that Ron with Fix tend to. Um, like, Ranma, he's got this super genius computer brain when it comes to martial arts, but everything else, he's kind of an idiot. Um, and, and to an extent, you know, that's sort of sort of played with a lot. But, yeah, you know, the decision-making, the, the lack of... The, the lack of chaos within the character, um, sort of projecting him as the calm eye in the middle of this storm, doesn't really fit perfectly, but it works for the sake of the story. Um, you know, Akane's her usual fanfic self. She's overly violent, um, violently brutal, few redeeming qualities. Ryoga is Ryoga. I mean, it doesn't get a whole lot of screen time, much like most of the cast. Um, and again, you mentioned before that it's basically Ranma and the Sailors. And with the exception of one or two moments that I've already explained why I sort of feel like they fit in with Sailor Moon's character, I think the most... The, the least consistent character-wise thing is Setsuna, but only because her character in the anime and mangas doesn't have a lot of depth to it. And, and we get to explore a lot of Oz's interpretation of this character that still seems to fit within the basic outline of the character as given to us by the creator. So Honestly, I completely agree with that. Um, Plot-wise... The drama stuff you mentioned earlier, I think my biggest issue with it is kind of meanders a bit, you know? Takes a while for <laughs> it to actually finally get around to where it's coming around, uh, trying to be. I feel like maybe there was an intention to add a little more comedy in the end, and he either ran out of time or ran out of interest, but, or just decided that, he wanted to actually. end it. Um, I think... Cause did you get the feeling like this story was just a little overcrowded at times? Yes. And I think part of yes, that is because that's sort of good and sort of bad, because like we've been saying, it's that's sort of the appeal of the humor. Mm -hmm. But there's just so much of it, and there's so much going on. It's easy to get lost. So, I, and I, you know, I'm not saying that it was a, a bad decision to end it where it ended. I think that taking it even further potentially could have been good, but more likely would have just dragged it on more. Um, and, you know, otherwise, it did kind of feel a little anticlimactic right up until the end there, because everything sort of rushed out right at the last second. But I still enjoyed it, so <laughs> I also gave it a 30 out of 40. Jesse! Um, so, sorry, I was making sure I'm no one's going to say anything. Um, <laughs> so I don't have really anything to say about the characters, but as far as the plot goes, which you guys have basically mentioned, a lot of the plot would seem to just kind of drag out for a while for like 10, 20 paragraphs and then within like two paragraphs everything would get solved and then it would do yep. that again which might be more of quality I don't know, I think it would be plot cause I, yeah, I yeah, think that goes plot for plot, works. that's progression uh, yeah. 
just contrivances Pacing. to here yeah. a JoJo. Especially because that last <laughs> that's exactly... Uh, but that's exactly, like, uh, ending A was, like, you would just get paragraph after paragraph of, like, hints of what happened. Not, like, not very subtle hints at all, but... Yeah. Constantly, and then and then with it after it was like literally like fifteen paragraphs of them constantly being like, oh time shenanigans, oh we have old kids now, but we're not going to explain it yet. And then like two paragraphs, they just explain <laughs> they just tell you what happened. Oh, it's just such a drag to get there, and uh, like Nick, that was probably the most egregious. Favor? What's up? Can you do me a favor, Nick? What? Yes. Just make... just pet your dog. Oh, uh, Jojo. Come here, dog. come here, Jojo. Oh yeah, um, if you haven't figured it out by now, Jesse and I are in the same room. Steven is recording remotely from his home. Hey, Jojo. Hey, Bob. So, just because I don't know much about characters, and I most, I'm just gonna say 35 out of 40. 35 from Jesse. Yeah. 35. Uh, okay. On to quality, friends. Okay, this time I will not start. This time I'm going to go ahead and tell Jesse to start Jesse with his writing start. quality okay. store. Out of 25? So, there were only a few, like... Oh, man. I Okay, so I wrote them down because, they uh, uh, like, in the first few paragraphs... Or, uh, not paragraphs, but chapters, it really threw me off. <laughs> for, for no reason other than the fact that, like, there were some colloquialisms that I feel like the, the writer just genuinely... Doesn't Jesse's know about? looking for his notes, please. I'm please really hold. good at using a phone. Uh, yeah, instead of, of nowadays, <laughs> it was now and days. Yep. Or like went uh, went off without a hitch. It was off it out a hitch. I was think just, those are times was... when it's like um, it might be like like Nick was saying earlier. Sometimes you need a beta and you just don't have yep. one. And that's one and of those things where, like, when people write should of, and they write should of instead of the contraction. Right. No, it, it didn't bother me. It was just, and honestly, it actually, like, it was only the first couple chapters where, where like, colloquialisms got messed up. I was, I was almost hoping it happened more, like a bad anime <laughs> or something. But it didn't, which honestly makes me sad. I'm disappointed that your quality improved. It actually got, like, much better, at, well, especially because, like, I just started reading it way faster at some point. Because it was really long, and I don't read ever. Um, so, uh, well, out of 25, I'm going to say 23. Okay. Because there were still a few mistakes here and there, but it was honestly fair, fair. beautiful to read. So, I I honestly, Jesse summed it up pretty perfectly. Um, early on, there were a few small issues I had, but overall, it was well-written, well-thought-out, well-structured. Um, Oz is a very experienced writer, clearly who seems to have benefited a lot from his time on various fan sites and fanfiction posting sites. And through these conversations he's had with other authors, has learned a lot about how to properly write and structure his stories. So I gave it a 22 out of 25 because of some of those early issues, but for the most part, I really liked it. What was your score? 22. 22. I actually gave it a 21, so just one underneath <laughs> that. <laughs> That's where the, the few For points the most were part, different. That's where those few points were. I think Oz does well with just a few errors in punctuation, spelling, and grammar. And honestly, I don't take anything off for those. Um, what I really take off for is actually the action. Um, I don't know if you felt this way, but particularly in that last big action sequence, there were just walls of text that I would be reading through and I would just kind of find myself nodding off a little bit. Maybe just sort of my eyes glossing over everything as I was reading through. And 
it wasn't bad. Like, I could still read it, and for the most part, I could tell what was happening. But it felt like it was just going on, and it wasn't catching me. I found myself a lot more invested in the parts where things were dialogue-heavy, where things were humor, joke-heavy. But that big action bit at the end was uh, a bit harder to get through for me. So that's why I took that down okay. to a 21. I can see that. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree that, like, the dialogue was easily the best part. Oh, for sure. Um, and, and like, the, the planning and figuring out what to do and waiting for the results of his stupid pranks and stuff, those were... Those were easily the most enjoyable parts. Especially, like, never really explaining it and just going to, like, giving a few hints and then just showing it. And then it happens. Yeah, oh, yeah. show, don't tell. That's great. <laughs> it's like the, the standard anime adage of the less the audience knows about a plan, the more likely it is to work. Precisely. It's <laughs> how so you always know who's going to win in a gambling anime. They're the person you don't hear the inner dialogue for. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so we've, we've given it pretty high marks on, on uh, writing quality, I think, for the most part. Um, cleanliness. Cleanliness. Here's a good one. Um, I'll start on this one. Very clean, easy to read, good flow from sentence to sentence and paragraph to paragraph. Occasional small spelling and grammatical mistake that, that can be easily attributed to our favorite culprit here, uh, the hobbyist beta, or lack thereof. Um, I gave it a 9 out or, of 10. You know, just fanfiction.net yep. being fanfiction. Fanfiction.net and its formatting nightmares, In which is WordPress where we, we were reading this particular story. In WordPress, we throw sideways glances and say that we trust it out the side of our mouths. <laughs> uh, what about you, Jesse? What do yeah, you think? Yeah, so, honestly, it was beautiful paragraphs. Line breaks when it decided to cut from scene to scene looked all fine to me, so I'm just going to give it full marks. That's an easy 43. 10 for Jesse. 43 points. That's a, a 10 out of 43. <laughs> all the way around. It would be 43 out of 10. Oh, my bad. Yeah. Steven. I, I, I gave it full marks, too. Uh, for Excellent. me, cleanliness is... Because the reason when I put this rubric together, I put cleanliness and writing quality separate, is... And I, I bring this up every time, but it was just my experience of reading, like, 30,000-word fix that had been formatted, like, on one line on a .txt document. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or when it's written in HTML but, uh, and they just directly yes. copy it over. Oh, that's or back when script fix were a thing. <sighs> but uh, here, everything... Cause for me, cleanliness is less about quality and more about quality of life, about conveying information properly. Everything was conveyed right here. I didn't see anything that made me like raise my eyebrows that wasn't from the story itself. Right. So I give that full 10 out of 10. Fantastic. So next we have our cleanly, or completeness bonus, sorry, which first time here being applied. Easy five points. The story's over 100,000 words long. Our benchmark for completeness is 50,000 multiple chapters. So that's that's a bonus five points on top of everything else, right out the gate. Easy, no problems, ready to go. I should elaborate on to final 50,000 words, and then either complete or showing recent signs of not being dead. Yours. Okay. Um, I've got my final score when you guys do. All right, uh, we'll start with Jesse's. That's a 98 from Jesse. That's a good score. Wow, Jesse. All right, Steven. You really couldn't find any inconsistencies, could you? Ah, uh, cut out five points from the completeness bonus. His base score would have been a 93. My uh, my score came up to an 84. Okay. Which... 
Is that before or after Still completeness? Still pretty good, honestly. That's after completeness. Really? Okay. Uh, it came down to a 79 first, then uh, completeness bonus added in. I had that at an 84. And for once, I don't have the lowest score. I gave it an 88 out of 100. Suck it, Steven. <laughs> yes, Steven. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> One day I'll have to get the lowest score. I would I like to point boys. out, I got a heartfelt... Fuck you from Dark Angelus. <laughs> we love you. Thank you so much. I got a big laugh out of that. I appreciate it. See, it took all of my <laughs> self-control because if I was if I was really grading this off of like the true feelings that I feel for ending two, I would have given it like a seventy. <laughs> ending two, I again I, just... I think the reason it's important to judge it based on ending one is or ending A, my bad, is because that's the ending that Oz has decided <laughs> is the one that should come after the story. Yeah, and honestly, if anything, I would have prepared two scores and been like, this is the score with this ending, this is the score with that ending. Mm -hmm. But I I think, and I was discussing this with my wife beforehand, I think what it kind of comes down to me is that um, I think the reason that second ending and like Temple stuff in particular doesn't mesh with me is it's very contrary to the tone of um of the source material yeah because um how do i put this loss of innocence is definitely a thing that can happen yep but uh because uh one of our favorite stories nick uh the dark lords trilogy yes is basically all about that and it does it wonderfully the dark lords trilogy uh by the way is written by an author named claymade uh it's the dark lords of narama the dark lords strike back and the dark lords ascendant um fantastic story updates consistently two or three times a year incredibly well written incredibly well structured um highly recommend i hope one day we can cover it on here but as of right now it is currently longer than the harry potter series so oh yes we'll we, you know we we might get to that eventually but that's a ways i've off. got some ideas for what we might do next and it might be a little experimental but uh what i was saying was that um I think there's a difference between loss of innocence and just pretending like innocence was never there to begin with. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and that. that's kind of what what rub, what uh, what grinds my gears, what oh. gets my goats, what apples my jacks about uh, about Josh Temple stuff about ending two. It 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 just rubs me the wrong way in yeah. like this primal way i can't explain <laughs> it's it's i feel like like a soldier on the front one the front lines of the first waifu wars oh no it, it it's so weird but i i'm just so violently opposed to that ending <laughs> and yeah, it's hard to it. put into words i am too it's it's okay if it tells you anything about me and i mentioned this to jesse before i've read this sco- this story two dozen times probably it's a personal favorite of mine um and despite having read ending two at least half of those times i still don't remember anything about it until someone starts talking about it usually you and then it all comes back i think i just repress it (laughs) see it hits me like a a world war like a vietnam flashback (laughs) i'm glad we're not going really i read the first third of it that's fine the thing that really kills me about this because um, I think part of my issue with this story that would probably be pretty quickly resolved 
is if the Sailor Moon characters were more in character. And that's a problem that's partly just because Oz is admittedly just not familiar with the source material at this time. But, and I'm just looking at his profile page right now, like a year later, he puts up, like a year and a half later, we get um, Heir to the Empire. (laughs) Another story I like a lot. Which is another Oz story that has a very similar vibe to it. Uh, It takes a different route with the premise. (laughs) Right it takes, from the start. It's a very different premise, but it works better because it feels like... And this is just me saying this off the cuff from memory because I haven't read that story in a long time. I reread it like a month ago. I recall that story just feeling a bit better because it feels like he's a bit more familiar, a bit more comfortable with those characters. Yes. Well, at that And again, moment. that goes back to what I was saying earlier about authors taking liberties with the Silver Millennium stuff. Um, he seems more familiar at least with what is considered acceptable versus unacceptable in the fan community around that area. Yeah. Um, and, and he definitely explores that a lot more in-depth. Moreover, um, Heir to the Empire has the single best punchline it to a joke. It does. In any Ranma uh, fan and, and it is entirely centered around my favorite character in Ranma, Ryoga. And I, I can't... I If you haven't... If you've made it this far moment. and you're looking for another recommendation, please read Heir to the Empire. I love that story if, for, for that reason that Steven is discussing reason, right now. If for some reason you were unfamiliar with everything we just spent the last 65, 70 minutes talking about, yep, crazy. and you decided to read that story and you enjoyed the best of times, try out Heir to the Empire I, by the I same I think you author. will be pleasantly it surprised. Is, it is fantastic. It is uh, a story from the same person, but a bit more experienced. And I think... Um, I, I don't even want to go and say better. I just want to say it's it, it's a bit more of a uh, an experienced story. I think it's just the best way to put it. Yeah. Well... I think we've said most of what needed to be said about the best of times. Yeah, I got nothing else. Uh, once again, um, thank you very much for joining us on the Unironic Masterpiece Fanfic Theater. It was the best uh, of times. It was links can be found in the description below to Ozellis' posts. And not his posts. Ozellis' accounts on any websites I can find. You know, AO3. Um, I believe he's on Space Battles. I know he's on FukuFix and Fanfiction.net. Um, and once again... If you would like to donate to the author from our first episode, Dark Angelus for Coffee is listed below as well. So thank you very much for joining us, and we will see you next time. Peace. Goodbye.